Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bookmore Show. It's Stuart here and today, great episode. I'm talking with Dean about what to do now your book's complete. Question that we often get because we talk a lot about the books as being the first step in the process. But in reality, a lot of the engagement that you're going to get with people comes through the long-term relationship. Not everyone is immediately wanting to take an action. So staying in touch with people is really key to being front of mind over the long term. And then you're there whenever they're ready to take that next step. So some great insights today into that email follow-up, both in terms of the immediate autoresponder sequence once someone opts in but then the long term of staying in front of them and how you can ask the right questions to really engage and elicit a response identify those five-star prospects and the people who are most likely to want to do business with you so great episode super excited i will catch you after the show mr jackson there he is so what do you want to know so there is one very important question that's pressing on everyone's minds. Tell me. I finished my book. Now what? What do I do now? <laughs> Begin. <laughs> Begin. Well, here's the thing. Now they've got the, uh, you know, that's the biggest opportunity is that the reason that we are such an advocate of, you know, doing a 90-minute book, of course, is because it it takes the least amount of time to get the result, right? So now right. somebody's got the, they've got the tool in their hand and this is what they need. You know, we always talk about this minimum effective dose and the thing that a book is, is the um, barrier to entry into using it as a lead generation tool. And, so once you have the book, now you've got enough to trigger that mechanism in people that say, I want that. And, you know, a perfect example of it is we just finished uh, Tony Bereni's book, right? Working more or working less, keeping more. And that we put up on the 90-minute uh, book Facebook uh, page. And he shared it on his uh, page. You know, you see in the comments already people saying, I want, but where do I get that? I want that. Right. I need a copy of that book, right? Like you see that if you've done the right thing, if you've done the right job and picked the right title, which hopefully you've, you've gone through the, the thinking process of, um, you know, what is it that, that is going to be compelling to people, then just putting it out there is going to attract the people that you want to be in conversation with. And so you start, of course, closest to the, the bullseye. You know, if you've already got a list of people um, and, or an um, audience of people, whether it's your email list, your uh, Facebook, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, whatever social media is, um, you use, then that's the first step is letting, uh, putting it out there. Hey, my new book is here. Let me know if you want a copy. I'll, I'll get you one. That's a great way to start the ball rolling because it's such a, um, you know, it's such a, um, compelling thing when people yeah. see 
a title that is exactly what they want or it's interesting to them. There's a lot of people, like you look at Tony's as an example again, that there's a lot of people who feel like they're probably on the working more and keeping less plan and they need to reverse the switch trains. Yeah. yeah. They need to switch trains. And as soon as they see it, they're like, Oh, that seems like that's exactly what I need. And there's something automatic that happens with a book that triggers that, you know, especially because yeah. our deep, you know, in our deep, in our brains, since the our earliest recollections, books have been something that we as a society have revered, and we've been taught to revere books, right? Even when you're a little kid and you get a book and you start to like crumple it or you start to be yeah, rough with the, the pages, your parents are like, yeah. oh, 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 hey, no, 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 don't be yeah. like you're taught. That's to not how you treat books. You're yeah. taught to treat books with respect. And we've got these shrines, these these shelves where in your home, these prizes are displayed for everyone. <laughs> and so where it's embedded from, from childhood, then you go to school or you go to the library and you're taught, you know, shh. You know, you kind of, we gather in hushed tones to be in the presence of these, you know, <laughs> great thinkers immortalized in print. And so you've, it's already baked in that we, we revere that as a society. So we don't need to like take any effort to convince somebody's co uh, conscious brain of what a book is or that it might be a, uh, something that they might find valuable. All we need to do is get the attention of their conscious brain to immediately uh, get drawn. And that triggers the uh, the deeper part of the brain that goes, oh yeah, I definitely want that. Want that. that compelling yeah. versus convincing element using the, um, sticking with Tony's example in the social media channel, it's so easy to get carried away and people think about having long form sales letters that's got lots of convincing words and going out to an audience and, beating them over the head with enough information that they definitely want this thing. Yeah. But as well as the compelling and psychological triggers of, of already wanting a book, there's the channel that it's going down as well. The audience of yeah. people who follow your page already know, like, and trust you to some degree, even if they're relatively yeah. new to your world. So just putting it out there, the minimum effective dose of the words on the page, the book's here. Do you want it? I mean, there doesn't right. need to be anything more than that. <laughs> and so it's packaged as a book and it's got the title that's compelling. And the reason that, you know, I, I say when you do this, it's like the minimum effective dose. And I want to be crystal clear that I'm not saying to do the least for the least sake. I'm saying right. that the effective dose, meaning the result enough to get the result that you want just like if you're um you know if you're taking a medication they look at the minimum effective dose being how much of this is going to you know solve the problem or get rid of the symptom or if i have a headache 
and the minimum effective dose is 200 milligrams, it's not going to make the headache go away faster to take 400 milligrams or 600 right. milligrams when 200 will do. It's like taking vitamins, same thing, yeah. right? It's the, the, the stuff that we can absorb. So it's also, um, you know, important to realize that all of this work that we've done, all of the stuff to get to this point where you've got your book in your hand and you've got the opportunity to get it in front of people that to not get too married to the idea that people are going to drop everything they're doing once they get the book, they are going to want it. They're going to trigger to get it immediately. But the reality is that even um, among, uh, you know, books that people buy uh, online or in bookstores, more than half of the people, 58%, never open the book. And <laughs> so that's, you know, that's, we're not, your book isn't going to be any, any more um, magical than that anyway. Right. So the odds are that somebody's going to open it if it's small enough that it looks like they could uh, manage it. But I'm never counting on them doing it. Right. The whole yeah. point of this, if you're using it as a lead generation tool, is that once they've raised their hand, once they've gone from an invisible prospect to a visible prospect, the book has done its job. And now we want to start engaging in a dialogue with them. We want to say, you know, if you know that somebody downloads a book called Working Less and Making More, that you can assume that the reason that they downloaded it is because they want to work less and make more. So don't now focus your follow-up or your engagement with them on did you get a book, the book? Did you get a chance to read it? Because the answer is going to be no. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. It's like the, right. let's just leave it that they, they're asking for the book. I always say the, um, the mind movie that I play when we're trying to um, think about the book uh, download that when somebody asks for your book, and they fill in the form that you have for them to get it on your uh, landing page, that they are magically transported to your office, and there's a knock on the door, they poke their head in, and they say, hey, I'm here about the working less, making more, keeping more uh, book. And now, how would you have that conversation now that you're in conversation with the person who has identified themselves as someone who wants the benefit of what you promised on the cover. Forget about whether is reading the book going to be the first thing. Like, would you send that person off and say, okay, go read the book. And then when you read the book, come, come back, back when you're done. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a text. That's not <laughs> right. You just, start where they are. You want to take them by the hand and you want to welcome them. And you may want to ask a couple of qualifying questions or a couple of sorting questions to figure out, is this somebody that you can help? You know, 
that idea that the knowing going in with your eyes open, knowing that the answer to the question of have you read the book is going to be no, but that also it doesn't matter. It's so yeah. liberating and freeing. It absolutely detaches the. That's why whole you're going to feel. Uh, that's why you're going to feel so good that you spent the minimal amount of time right. to to get that. Imagine if you you know you spent, let's say that book, uh, all of the result, all the things that you're seeing there. People, we put up the picture of the book. It looks it's a great looking cover. It's got a great title. It's a book. Check, check, check. People are asking for it, and they don't know or care how long it took to write, how many pages it is, or how well the you know Tony phrased all of the uh, the the paragraphs in there. It doesn't right. it doesn't matter to get people to ask for it. And so, you know, the the great thing is that it would feel so it's kind of much more of a letdown if you actually spent six months or nine months or a year of your life writing this book. You have the same title, the same cover, the same post on your page, and the same people asking for it. It's not going to increase the number of people who want your book by spending more time doing it or spending more words saying it because the odds are they're not going to read it anyway. And all we want is to start the conversation. Yeah. That first step in the process. I just got off a call earlier with one of our authors, Lisa Frutelli, who's written um, a book about uh, the mold syndrome that she was dealing with and how she overcame yeah. it and recovered from it. And I was saying to her that the, she has a podcast as well, so we were talking about that as a way yeah. of having this engagement, a way of staying in front of people and saying that as people thinking of a book in one step of an overall funnel, an overall process, and people just want that certainty, the reassurance that they're heading in the right direction, they don't actually want to go through the work of, of reading and doing homework and answering Am questions. Am I in the right improving. place? Exactly, home? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that next step is is leading them. So the email follow-up that we were talking about there because this is something that comes up a lot and i even fall foul of it sometimes as well initially thinking hey did you read the book never. the follow-up yeah. never yeah the the follow-up question what we often refer to as the spear email the sort of short personal expecting reply what's a, a framework for people to think about the how they're structuring that you talked about the mental yeah, what would you say coming yeah what would you say if um, someone popped their head in your office and said, hey, I'm here about the mold book or I'm here about the, you know, that that might be a, um, you might want to ask somebody, you know, how long have you, how long have you had it? Or do you have it? Or is this for someone that you know? Or is this, you know, what are you, you know, or do you suspect you have it? Or do you know you have it? Or Right. What would be, yeah, depending on what the situations are, you're you're in front of a person now who has self-identified as someone being interested in that. You know, you look at, um, you know, with Luba, we did the adult acne cure book. And when somebody asks for the adult acne cure, the sorting question that we ask or the engaging question is, um, 
how often do you get breakouts? Right. That's a reasonable yeah. question to ask someone who's just uh, just um, asked for a book about the uh, adult acne cure. Yeah. Welcome aboard. How often do you get breakthroughs? How often do you get breakouts? I mean, um, and that thing, conversational. You know? Yeah, that conversational flow of thinking that it's one step at a time, although it's email, the time frame is stretched out. The, the conversation that you want to have is still that conversational conversion type conversation of not overstating things or not putting things in too much um, official or corporate speak, but just keeping right. the conversation going because the aim is to get someone to engage. Yes, that's exactly right. And I don't want to downplay, listen, that 58% of people are never going to open it. That's true. But that means that, you know, 42% of the people are going to open it. And right. when you say that 22% of the people who open it will ever get past the first 100 pages in a regular book means that 22% of the people who open it will read it all the way through. And so that's right. great. I'm not saying that the book doesn't need to deliver on the promise, which it should and does. Yeah. It's just leading enough to say, yes, you are in the right place. And it should always end with whenever you're ready. Here are three ways I can help you is what do we right. do now? You're not going to solve the problem with the book. We're going to solve the problem with the help that we can offer after the book or uh, beyond the book, you know? Yeah, that next step. Uh, talk about that a little bit more then. So this idea that, because I think a lot of people go into this with the idea of a traditional sales funnel, someone opts in at the beginning, and then there's a certain number of steps. And if people get to the end of that process and don't do anything, then they fall into a deadly category. But the reality is that the majority of people do something in the longer term rather than the short yeah. term. Yeah, now you're more in... Well, now you're certainly, now you're in this world of lead conversion. And, you know, we've had lots of, um, lots of conversations about lead conversion. I've been studying it for so long um, that when we look at it, that if we take this, um, you know, we take a bundle of a hundred people who have asked for a book called the adult acne cure let's take it as an example that if we our studies and the research and the um the industry um papers and things that we've studied go back you know decades showing that just over half of the people who inquire about anything will do what it is they've inquired about in the next 18 months. And so for our frameworks, we've taken that and created this um, framework that how everything that we count on is that being conservative, 50% of the people will do something in the next two years. And so that means that if somebody downloads a book called The Adult Acne Cure that uh, half of them 
if we have 100 people, 50 of them will do something about their adult acne in the next two years. So that means that we've got a really great number of these people here. They're really viable because a book is a telegraph. You know, when you look at the only, the only reason somebody would download a book is because they have an interest in what the topic what the title is. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't, you know, like I know that I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to download a book on, um, you know, how to potty train your parrot. I'm not going to do that <laughs> because I don't have a parrot potty train but we can all for a second you said parents uh, we can all equally assume that the only person who would download a book called potty train your parrot would be someone who has a parrot that they would like to potty train yeah so and even that, not people who have yeah. done the training already, if that problem is solved for them, even within that subset of people, it's the ones who are actually interested in the 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 results. The, so it's even more uh, dialed in. Yeah. So if you yeah, look at that, that if we if we get a hundred people to download the book "How to Potty Train Your Parrot," that that is going to. Uh, we can say with confidence that uh, probably 50 of them over the next two years are going to do something, seek out some kind of advice or um, solution to potty train their parent. Now, if somebody showed up at your office and said, hey, I'm here about the uh, how to potty train your parent book, then what would you say to that person? Now you're looking to engage in a dialogue and discover whether this person is one of the 50 people who are going to do something uh, in the next two years. Right. What kind of parent do you have? That might be a good reasonable question to ask. If yeah. somebody asks, hey, welcome aboard. What kind of parent do you have? And yes. even as a, because it's not jumping in for the kill straight away. It's um, it's starting the conversation with the most obvious beginning conversation, uh, the obvious question to a conversation that you know is going to lead towards that yeah. outcome. Not so now you want to say, you know, that's the thing is if somebody, if you know now, you've got to know how can you help somebody, right? So if now if the book is a means to an end, the book is a uh, you know, starting the conversation to go to what are we going to do about this unpotty trained parrot? <laughs> you can imagine that that's a problem, or you can yeah. imagine that there's some reason that they um, want to do this. And of course, I don't even know whether you can potty train a parrot <laughs> or whether I'm just using it as a visual example that you can imagine they've got some degree of a problem, right? So yeah. what are the alternatives? And all we're looking for is that in order for us to do business with people, they have to be what we call five-star prospects, meaning that they're willing to engage in a the dialogue, they're friendly and cooperative, they know what they want, 
they're ready to get it, and they would like us to help them. They have to meet all five of those things in order to do business with us right now, right? And when we look at that, that now the if they have to be all five, then instead of taking the approach of what most marketers do is, you know, you need to buy this and you need to buy it now. That's how they start the conversation, right? right? <laughs> then if we if they have to be all five, then we can start up at the top and see are they willing to engage in a dialogue. So if we if somebody knocks on the door and they poke their head in and say, hey, I'm here about the uh, potty trained parent book, then if you look at them and you say, oh, welcome, uh, come on in. How? What kind of parent do you have? That would be a good. And then shut up. That would be a good, like uh, <laughs> a good thing. You Test know? And yeah, 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 yeah. Because somebody might say, oh, I've got a whatever, you know, I've got a Polynesian parrot. And then you're able to say, um, then you're able to further the conversation, right? What yeah. are you doing now? Where Where is he uh, pooping now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep him <laughs> in the cage and put the paper at the bottom or, you know, I let him out or what, I don't know what, the, or he's pooping everywhere, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the problem, right? And then you say, then you now have to anticipate what the problem, um, what the solution is. You have to now bridge to what you can help. Like what would be your prescription for somebody? If you find out that, you know, they're willing to engage, they're friendly and cooperative, do they know what they want? Well, what kind of parent do you have? I've got a Polynesian parent. Is he the only one? Or actually I have, I have three Polynesian parrots and what are you doing now? And this whole, you're engaging in the dialogue to find out what they're looking for. And then there, you know, you, now you're able to lay out the solution, you know? Yeah. Once you've got to that point of yeah. understanding a little bit more about them and that they're willing to engage back, I think that's such a key. And I think it's a, a sign of times maybe, but so many people get hung up on this, want to automate everything and, and not yeah. steer clear of one-on-one engagement for the, the yeah. big volumes and just trying to get enough people in there. But the reality is, unless you're in a commodity business, and even then, I guess, to a certain degree, but certainly a lot of the service-type businesses or consulting where there's more of a high touch to it, the quicker you can get into a conversation with someone a real person the quicker yeah. you can then see what the best solution is right that's exactly yeah. right i'm going to suggest that uh people download a copy of email mastery talking about books and talking about email yeah. Yeah. i think that is a very good next step as you're listening to this now um, mm-hmm. so that would be heading across to emailmastery.com because there um goes into details on more of these examples so as you come to the end of of the book it's out there this email engagement piece that we're talking about super important and i think email mastery for as you're listening is is a great next step Mm -hmm. absolutely and that way you know then you get to see it unfold too yourself um right you know it's a good example yeah Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, I think that is a good uh, a good bite for today.
give people something awesome. to think about without overwhelming them. And then we That's can uh, tease with some more stuff for next time. Awesome. Thanks. Perfect. Thanks for your speech you soon. Bye. Yeah. And there we have it. Another great show. I always love it when we get Dean on and uh, looking forward to making that a little bit more regular going forwards. So as you mentioned, email is really the key to engaging people once they've opted in. So download a copy of Email Mastery from emailmastery.com and Dean goes deeper into both the uh, the spear type emails that we talked about, the engaging conversational conversions and uh, and nine word emails to re-engage the list. So well worth the well worth the read. Go grab a copy at emailmastery.com. If you want to continue the conversation here, uh, two ways to do that. If you want to be a guest on the show, then just head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash guest or follow the beer guest link from the podcast area and we can schedule some time to talk about your book, your your book idea. And then the next step, if you haven't already, highly recommend going over to bookblueprintscore.com and taking the free assessment that's over there to assess your book idea against the eight mindsets that we have for the perfectly generation tool. So that's bookblueprintscore.com and then you can see how your book idea scores gives you some ideas on amplifying each of the individual eight stages. So with that, um, thanks for listening and I will catch you in the next one.